Hello there. What's up? My name is Nate. You're listening to Life Tips Podcast. Welcome. Everyday life topics with advice and tips for becoming a better you. This show is all about self-improvement. Each episode is unique to whatever you're going through, and it doesn't matter your youth or gender. Everyone can benefit. But the reality is that nobody is perfect. There's always going to be downfall with rising, and there's something to improve upon every single day. So if you want to make changes in your life, then follow along, and I'll help you take yesterday's mistakes and master them for a new tomorrow. Let's get started. If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. It's great to have you. If you're a current listener or faithful listener, welcome back and thanks for your continued support of the show. I really appreciate it. What's up, world? Welcome back to Life Tips Season 5. I'm your host, Nate. And for the final season of the show, for 2020 at least, each guest that I've had on the show is walking into history with me. And so the Hamiltons are here with me today to help things continue to go along smoothly. No, it is not Lauren Speed and and Cameron Hamilton from Love is Blind. Not yet. We will get there eventually, but uh, it's actually Marcellus and Denya Hamilton, but for the sake of artistry, we will call him Cellus, and um, they are a married couple from, well, the DMV slash, where are you from originally, Cellus? Georgia. 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 Okay. The ATL and the DMV came together and became New Yorkers, pretty much. So, yeah. Um, they are the hosts of To Our Life podcast, and they also run So and Tell LLC, and Celis is also a full-time hip-hop artist. But when we get to the question of how the two of them met, you'll soon see that it kind of is sort of like Love is Blind, except they met in the DMs, not in pods. But anyway, we'll get to that in a few seconds. Let's welcome social media strategists slash influencers slash couple entrepreneurs, Denya and Celis Hamilton from New York City. Hey, y'all. Hey. What's going on, man? Great to be here with you. How are you, bro? I'm good, man. It's so great to have you guys on the show tonight. Yep, yep. So the first thing we're going to do is just, well, talk about how we know each other, uh, which that's kind of easy because I met Denya through Life Church, mm-hmm. what, seven years ago, eight years ago almost? I think so. I mean, yep. I, I know I got saved when I, in 2013. Mm-hmm. So around like, yes six or seven years that we've known each other. Yep. So we were a part of Life Church in Clinton at that time, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, and then it evolved into us um, 
with Amp's ministry as well and <laughs> all of those people. And so, yeah, we know each other for quite a while now. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. And when Celis eventually came along, we hit it off too. So it was kind of kind of cool just getting to know getting to know them for the short time period that we had before the the speed of everything you know took off with them going to New York but uh but with Celis from Atlanta and having family in the Atlanta area myself kind of kind of interesting uh tie in there so don't worry y'all I'll go to Atlanta at some point when covid's over so yeah um but now the fun part i'm gonna let denia and Celis tell us a little bit about themselves individually um doesn't matter who who wants to go obviously we know that denia hails from the dmv Celis is from atlanta so as they tell us a little bit about themselves they'll you know, they'll start individually and then, you know, work, go from individually and kind of then work your way into how you two met uh, through the Instagram DMs and kind of uh, just hit those two back to back. Absolutely, man. So I'll go first. Uh, so I, as you said, I'm originally from Atlanta. Um, so I grew up there, uh, I grew up there and ended up going to college in D.C., um, going to Howard University. So I came at, came to D.C. in 2010. It was my first time being out on my own. And I specifically wanted to go somewhere outside of where I grew up to kind of get a chance to really fill in on my own and being in a new place. And uh, because my family's originally from the Midwest, I had been familiar with the Midwest. So the only place I hadn't been was the East Coast. So I was like, no, I really want to go check out the East Coast. Uh, so I came to D.C. Um, and honestly, just at Howard, I'm doing music. I've been doing music my whole life. So DC served as a cool place for me to kind of get get working on the music scene in a different area. And of course, DC's crowd was a lot different than the crowd that I was used to in Atlanta. So it helped me become more well-rounded as an artist. And I just feel like it was a time where I grew a lot. And so eventually from there, I moved to New York um, after after a few years after school. Um, and I've been in New York pursuing music and, uh, and then I'll let my wife share her story. Yeah. So yes, I am from the DMV area. Um, I'm originally from Prince George's County in Fort Washington and I went to an HBCU as well, but it's in Maryland. So it's Bowie State. Shout out to the Bulldogs. <laughs> and so I studied business administration and marketing, but it's so funny because I'm, I'm Filipina. Mm -hmm. I'm a third gen. Okay. And so usually in the culture, you're supposed to be a nurse if you're a woman. Mm. <laughs> so I started as a nursing major, right? My mom, she's in the healthcare field. She's a, she was a nurse. Um, now she's in a director position mm -hmm. in, uh, at Kaiser, but I did it because I honestly want to please my mom and my family and make good money. But mm. then um, something told me not to pursue nursing. And I know that something was God, even though I didn't know it at the time because I didn't get saved until later on mm -hmm. um, in my teenage years. But 
I, in my first semester, I changed my undergrad um, studies from nursing to business, and I had no clue why, but I, I now know why, mm -hmm. because I am a full-time uh, entrepreneur. As you stated, we are the co-founders of So and Tell. It's a marketing company. I focus on brand strategy, development, and social media strategy, while my husband focuses more so on the music side, so artist development writing sessions, things like that. Um, and so for me, I think like to describe who I am, I'm number one, a Christian. I'm, I love mm -hmm. Jesus. <laughs> number two, I am a wife um, who is really, really grateful to have my life partner, Zealous. And uh, number three, I am a co-founder, a founder. I feel like a founder is different than an entrepreneur, than a creative mm -hmm. because um, a founder is somebody who is doing is willing to invest um, in in their business, but also to remember their why as, as the foundation and not losing what that why is, no matter um, what happens. Right. Like there can be a huge potential client that comes along. But if they don't align with our values, like in my why, then it can't work. Mm. So I think that's the difference between a founder and entrepreneur. And uh, a business owner, um, but yeah. So that's really who I am. I love, I love food. I'm a foodie. Mm. <laughs> uh, fun fact: I used to be a pescatarian, but then when me and Stella started dating, that definitely changed real quick because <laughs> he was not having it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we we my life changed definitely when I met Jesus in 2013. And uh, I haven't been the same since then. And I'm so grateful that he did call me into his kingdom. And then uh, fast forward to 2017, I get to meet this gentleman right beside me. And that's where our journey started. Wow. So uh, I think we all would like to know who slid, who slid into the DMs first. Uh, guilty me <laughs> yes and you don't really see that often right the girl but it's funny like I said before I do social media so one of the one of my old clients shout out to fresh air he uh, was one of my first social media clients and mm. one of the questions that I asked is like who are three brands that you follow that you like you know you like that you like their social media aesthetics and so one of them happened to be Celis. And so I had to follow these three people, right, to just study their posts and all that. So at the time, Celis dropped a song called Higher, and I fell in love with it. It's a song that's about basically like um, Jesus will take you higher than any other temporary source, whether that's sex, whether that's drugs, anything, right, that we mm -hmm. all turn, can turn to in the world. And so I was just like in shock. I said, oh, my goodness, he's a he's a Christian, he's cute, and he's a Christian rapper and not like a corny one, because I'm sorry, there are a lot out there, no offense, that are corny. <laughs> but so that really just captivated me. And I was very professional. I saw that he was in New York, which wasn't that far from D.C., because I was living in, you know, Maryland at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I slid in with him and I said, hey, you're dope. When are you performing in D.C.? So very professional. I really wanted to know so I could see when he was uh, performing live. But it's so crazy because he happened to be there that weekend. I didn't know. 
And um, so the day I DM'd him, we actually got to meet. And that was like a crazy story. <laughs> but I'll let him tell some of the story first. Yeah. No, nah, go ahead. It, it, it's good that we get both perspectives of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, as she said, she 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 DM'd me. I happened to be in D.C. at the time for a show. It was a big snowstorm, so the show was canceled. Uh, so I'm, I'm with one of my friends. And and um, when, when she messages me, my friend's kind of over my shoulder. He sees um, her messaging me, sees that they have a mutual friend that he's also familiar with. And so he immediately goes to start setting us up. Uh, I, I, I don't like people setting me up in <laughs> situations. And uh, so he, he, he started, you know, like, hey, let's get you a haircut. Let's get you ready to go out and meet her and everything like that. And so uh, long story short, man, we ended up at the restaurant. We had a great conversation, walked up to her car. Um, <laughs> And we just became good friends. And I think from there, it just started a, a friendship where, honestly, I wasn't really being serious or intentional. I just really loved the attention. And so, um, like like a lot of guys nowadays, uh, social media has us fooled that there's always going to be a new option. So we're not ready to commit. So I pretty much spent a lot of time keeping her as a, as a friend who was interested in me, but not taking it serious. So when they confronted me, started letting me know, like, hey, what's going on? Why are you not, you know, why are you playing games? And uh, that kind of put me on a path to start really checking my heart and figuring out what was going on. And I learned a lot of things about myself, a lot of difficult things about myself during that time. And uh, eventually the Lord led me to to realize that she was the woman that he had for me. And, And the rest is history. That's powerful, man. That is extremely powerful. Like that, that, that right there just shows how deep of an impact it is when God really is involved in the romantic aspects of your life. Because uh, a lot of times, like, like Celis said, uh, we're always looking for you know, the next thing. And as, and as men, we always tend to have, I hate to admit this, but it's the truth. We always tend to have this, this ideology, this belief system that honestly it's come, that comes from culture, but that it's somewhat cool or acceptable to get girls, have multiple numbers in your phone and, and play play hearts and women do it too but you know just men you know we've been conditioned with that so just to hear you say that god took control of your you know your tendencies and kind of put you on a path towards pursuing denia seriously wow oh my goodness that is absolute facts so thank you for pointing that out thank you for pointing that out so um yeah real quickly before we go to the first of two commercial breaks, I would like to know uh, how how has it been so far, uh, Celis, as far as being a, a hip-hop artist? Because I don't know if you know, my listeners are aware of this, 
But that is a major transition to go from the city of Atlanta to Washington, D.C., and having to adjust to two different forms of, you know, of mute. Because we all know, we all know that, we all know that um, New Orleans, Louisiana is music city, but there's also Nashville, Tennessee. There's also, of course, been Atlanta being a big music spot because a lot of artists live there. Of course, New York is a popular spot. Cali's a popular spot. So you have all these popular music spots and you've been hip to a lot of them. So for you, it's like, okay, I definitely want to hear about your journey, you know, as a hip hop artist and transitioning to different places and then piggybacking off of that from Denia's point of view. I definitely want to hear about a little more of the ins and outs of being a business owner and specifically being in the in the brands and marketing sector of the world and do you have do you both have any advice for those listening who desire to walk the same paths whether it's going into a marketing career or whether it's being uh being an artist because yeah like these days especially with the social media platforms we have, you can be a whole artist on the down low and in just mere days to weeks, as we've seen from your little your little Nas X's, your Lizzo's, just blow up overnight and you know make it big because social media can get you there. Anyway, go go ahead, you know. Yeah, man. So I think, um, yeah, absolutely what you're saying, you know, traveling to a bunch of different cities teaches you a lot of different things um, as an artist and as a, as a business person. So, you know, I grew up um, being very familiar with like the Southern hip hop scene, loving that. But then it's weird because at the same time, being that my family was from the Midwest, I didn't have nobody in Atlanta considered me like a Southern dude. So even growing up, I always um, knew how to make Southern songs, but I was always the lyrical guy, and that wasn't popular in the South. It was popular to make dance and snap songs. And so in a way, it was like I was always the outcast mm. in my own city and in my own area. Like when I performed, people knew I was a real rapper, and I wasn't really making these trendy lyrical songs. So um, when I came to the East Coast, I now realized that I had two things under my belt that I brought with me. I had the ability to be a lyricist, but I also had the ability to make Southern like party records that were really fun. And then being on the East Coast, then that gave me another thing, which I learned, which was um, kind of just how to be more confident. Because I feel like then when I came up to like, when I was at Howard, um, you know, in Atlanta, if I did shows, and the crowd wasn't really rocking, they wouldn't really say anything. But Howard, it's like you'd get booed or people wouldn't pay attention to you. And so there now, I'm bringing all the things that I already have, but now I'm also learning how to actually command attention on stage because I've got to keep the crowd engaged. And then from there, going to New York, getting to New York, I kind of learned about like the hustle side of music, mm -hmm. the, the way that, 
talent doesn't actually mean anything if you can't actually make people feel like you're a star even when you're not a star yet mm-hmm. so all these different cities that were kind of like adding these different things that i i didn't realize i needed to form me into a complete artist and um and yeah man i think it's i think it's something i'd recommend to any artist that wants to make it big i would say traveling mm-hmm. and doing music in different cities and different markets is one of the best ways to actually test your skills because you could be popping in your own city but if nobody will rock with you somewhere else, then honestly, um, you're not you're not ready. Mm, that's so good. Um, as far as like the marketing side, like I said, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, um, but God was always there guiding me. And so I think one of the things that I've learned as a business owner is you always should be a a student right because there's as we see it before our eyes our world is changing um the digital world is changing there's so many apps out here technology and so you always have to be a student of what's going on around you um but also at the same time not not allowing it to consume you Mm. and so with social media right mm-hmm. that we um it can be it's a great resource it's a great tool but it can also be a distraction <laughs> so what i've learned in my time being a business owner specifically in the social media field is that you have to know what your boundaries are and so for Celis and i we always we have a sabbath and so that's a day of rest and it's usually saturdays and so we don't work, even though we could work, um, because social media never turns off. Being an artist never turns off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have agreed as a married couple when our cutoff time for working is, which is 7 p.m. Okay. Every, mm-hmm. every day. Okay. Yeah. So we don't do work after 7 p.m. And I feel like those boundaries are so important because it helps you to remember um the why because to us it's not about making money right Mm -hmm. of course we do need money to survive in this world but Mm -hmm. we know that our ultimate source is god and he just Mm -hmm. uses our gifts and talents as resources to to have the the things that we need right Mm -hmm. and so that's another thing too like um, we're really good with not being workaholics and just um, just remembering that boundaries are important and self-care is health care, mm. <laughs> you know, that time to, um, to to be away on put be put on do not disturb. When we go on vacation, we're literally on airplane mode, do not disturb mode, like legit. Like we don't post pictures till after we get back. OK, we're that type of couple because because when we unplug, we really do. And I think that that's. Uh, um, I think I did a post about it uh, recently when we went to um, one of our vacation spots. I said um, grinding is just as uh, is is as po- much as important as resting when it comes to being a business owner because mm-hmm. you do got to grind, but you do got to rest at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. Wow, Whew. I'm loving it. But we got to take a quick break. We're not done. We're gonna come back real quickly and continue to get more gems from these two. We got the Hamiltons on life tips. We we'll back in just a few seconds. Want to get smooth jazz like this into your podcast? YouTube has the answer. No, they're not sponsoring this, but 
This information is publicly available to anyone. All you have to do is hit up www.youtube.com and search for non-copyright smooth jazz with sax. Because let's be honest, nobody has time to deal with copyright lawsuits out here. So, remember, that's www.youtube.com and search. Now, let's ride this out for a bit, and then we'll return for more with Nate and his guests. Great. So the gems keep on coming with the Hamiltons. We are now going to dive deep, deep, deep into a few segments uh, of discussion. And then uh, we'll go to our last commercial break and then make a quick dash for the exit sign. But as mentioned before, Denya is from the Philippines. She's a Filipina. And uh, so tell us a little bit about that, if you don't mind, uh, you know, what it has been like as a child of two worlds, the Philippines via, of course, you know, family heritage and being from, you know, here, the U.S. And then Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, uh, I'll go to my follow-up question after that yeah that's a good question i don't think i've ever got asked that question much um especially during a podcast but i feel like um for the most part i may be filipina like by blood but i was obviously born and raised in in the u.s in Mm -hmm. maryland i'm very much american right right in the in the area that i live um live in specifically for Washington. So it was actually predominantly black people here. And so I went to school with a lot of black people and a lot of my friends joke, right? Like, you know, like the Rollins and all that, they're like, then you're actually black. And I'm like, like, I'm not, but you know, culturally they say that I'm not Asian. And so I think I'm in this world, right? Where, um, for example, my husband and I, we visited the Philippines earlier this year before COVID hit. And so that was a beautiful um, cultural experience. And I think for the both of us, even because even because uh, though I'm Filipino, I'm still I'm still trying to um, understand my roots a little more. Um, I really appreciate that I do still have um, what do you call it? Some some grasp of what my culture is about. And I actually owe it a lot to Sellas because we we as a couple were very um, intentional with learning each other's culture. Okay. So we so mm-hmm. read books about each other's cultures this year. Mm. Together. We're going to continue to do that because I think mm-hmm. it's definitely important as an interracial couple, right, um, to understand, like, the history and the beauty because I think that that's a, it's such a beautiful thing. when It's a challenging thing for sure when two cultures come together. But it's also a very beautiful thing as well. Um, but I love being Filipina. I love our food. <laughs> I love just um, 
what makes up who we are. Like I know that a lot of people who ever encountered the Philippines or Filipino people, they say, hey, you guys are like the most hospitable people. <laughs> like they will literally take the shirt off their back for a stranger. And I see that about my, my people. And so I'm really grateful that, you know, I have like kind of the best of both worlds, right? So when I go to the Philippines, I could appreciate the culture, but I'm very much so American and I love being American as well. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. I love that point about studying each other's cultures. Wow. Yeah. Um, speaking of studying each other's cultures, Denya and Celis are both God-fearing individuals and as such they grew up in different church settings uh of course you know this is long before i actually met denya at, at life church so it's gonna be a very interesting segment of the podcast for me because that's we going way back now but um my question for both of you all is how has being a part of how is being a part of the global church and also you know different church plants over time impacted your lives up to this point and uh what life tips or advice do you have for uh any believers christ followers etc cetera, etc cetera, who may be listening to the podcast right now who are in christ but they don't have a church home? Yeah, man, great question. Uh, what I would say is um, I've, I've had the, the amazing privilege of being able to be a part of a bunch of different churches, mm -hmm. completely different in style, completely different in theology, completely different in the way that they worship. Um, and all of them have played a huge role in who I am today. And it's made me really appreciate diversity in church um, it's made me not look down on churches as being like some are better than the other and because mm. I've, I've learned that even in some churches that other people have talked bad about or misunderstood because they listened to what other people said but didn't actually know anyone who actually went there um, I've learned that the Lord can work in any church where people actually love him and are seeking him and so um, yeah, the whole idea of church plan is new to me, like that whole word and culture mm -hmm. kind of like, I think trendy in a way, because, uh, at least when I moved to New York, that was the first time I started hearing that word all the time. Oh, we're part of a church plan. And it's like, <laughs> where I'm from in Georgia, we, we in the Bible God, it's no such thing as a church plan. These churches been around for hundreds of years and they've mm -hmm. passed down mm -hmm. by family. Your dad was a pastor, your grandpa was a pastor, and so you just roll in it. So the idea of church plant was new to me. Um, and I think that I see beauty in both. I see the beauty in starting something young and new from the beginning uh, and how amazing that is to get people excited and involved and growing. But I also see sometimes the benefit of having an old church that has structure mm -hmm. and had... Um, sometimes older people in the congregation that have been through things that they can teach the younger people. And so I've seen both sides. Uh, and, and honestly, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade my, my experiences for anything because I think they, they've made me a well-rounded person 
able to step. I can always tell anyone I can step foot in any church and find um, a way to connect with God there, no matter what. Mm. Wow. Wow. That's so good. Um, so earlier I was saying that I got saved in my later teenage years. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. actually born and raised Catholic, because, you know, Filipino tradition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but my grandmother actually, when I was 19, she first was, she was the first Christian of our um, family. And she tricked me into going to Bible study. And so I, uh, she said it was a party and she needed a ride. So I ended up going, but I'm very respectful. And like, like I said, like I knew of God, but I didn't have mm-hmm. a relationship mm-hmm. with him. And that's the big difference between Christianity and religion. Because mm-hmm. Christianity is not a religion. It's my life, right? It's mm-hmm. my faith. And so um, anyways, I started because of the love of the church during that time, um, it really helped me to understand the love of God, like the God who they were serving. And so I wanted to get to know this God that they were serving. And so I dusted my little Bible that my grandmother gave me off because, you know, she gave me a Bible, but it was just sitting on my, my desk, you know, my desk for like years. And so I finally read it for myself. And then I fell in love with God. Honestly, I fell in love with what Jesus did for me. And so I started going to the church that held the Bible study. It was a Filipino church. And so uh, mostly older Filipino people, but I learned so much there. I was just soaking it up, like, you know, like a, like the the, uh, the the infant milk, right? Just like drinking it all up. But then there was a time where, um, you know, I was, I, was, I was head of like all the ministry, the youth, the dance. I was in the worship. But then there came a point where I started needing solid food. Mm-hmm. And that church no longer was feeding me. I respected them, but I knew God was calling me elsewhere, which is when I landed at Life Church. Mm-hmm. And I, I I loved the church. I loved uh, Pastor Steve, and his his messages were very solid. The worship was like I've never seen or heard before, and so I knew that this was home for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was there for obviously m- most of my my Christian years and up until I moved to New York, honestly, that's when I left. And so then I started going to Christ Crucified Fellowship, where we are now under Pastor Rich Perez. Mm, That guy. Yes. So being under three different churches, I don't have the same experience as my husband, but what I mean, I've learned the most was just kind of like what he said. It's like, I, I can appreciate so many things about different churches and though they are different as long as they have the foundation of the gospel it's like okay i can work with this because let's, let's be real we all have our preferences yeah like mm-hmm. <laughs> like i'm, I'm gonna tell you right now like there was no there's no other worship that i've heard i'm like i'm like miss pat and yes <clears throat> yes and life yes. church and uh i miss it mm-hmm. but but I also um, understand that church is not just, it's not about the worship. You know what I mean? Like the singing. It's the, it is it is about worship. Don't get me wrong. But right. mm-hmm. worship is not just about the singing. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a heart posture. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a mm-hmm. lifestyle. And so whenever you're going to different churches, and I love how you said like the, you know, the grand church, because we're all the church. Yes. yes. The grand of the day. Mm-hmm. We're the big city. 
right? Mm -hmm. But we all have little C's, like, you know, the, the church family that we're part of. I think also one thing that I've learned over the years being a Christian and being a part of church, um, church families is you have to remember, too, it's not just about you. It's also about, like, God gave you gifts and skills. What can you contribute to the church to help advance the kingdom? Mm-hmm. So you have mm-hmm. to serve. You need if you're at a church, if you call a church home, you know, a home, you instead of just, you know, getting fed and which is great. How are you also giving back yeah. like the, the, mm-hmm. the things that God has given you? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned. And I feel it's really important being a part of uh, the little seed, yes. <laughs> the small church. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Need a speaker for your next event? One who resonates with and understands people and will provide a balanced perspective for any audience? You need to call Nate. You can reach him at underscore orator Nate on Instagram, the wise orator on Facebook, or his website at www.natejones2016.wixsite.com backslash who is Nate Jones. Now, Let's go finish up that episode, shall we? So as we as we wrap up, because let's be honest, that commercial, that last commercial break was so quick. <laughs> as we wrap up, uh, this whole episode has just been absolutely amazing. But we have, wow, one, two, three, <laughs> four. Just about three more questions left, and then we'll let the Hamiltons go about their evening. Uh, so, a lot of a lot of the uh, experiences that I've had uh, as a as a host throughout this year, uh, having looked at certain episodes and certain trending topics, a lot of people listening have been just enjoying the heck out of the uh, the relationship slash marriage conversations that have been taking place on the show since literally the beginning of uh, the year. And so clearly, as you all heard, Denya and Celis are interracial, uh, interracially bonded through marriage, but they're married, period, you know, still. But you know, it is an interracial, you know, connection. We're not going to, uh, we're not going to hit that tip, but I would like to learn from you all, uh, just two things. The first of which being the biggest lesson that you've learned, you know, individually since, you know, being married to each other. And then, uh, do you have any life tips or advice for the, uh, the young married couples who may be listening and then I'll go over to the follow-up question. Yeah, man. Great question. Um, I, the biggest lesson that I've learned, there's been so many, um, but I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is that, um, we, we always do things the way that we saw them done growing up. Mm. And the way they were shown to us. Yeah. 
And so we automatically approach someone else's way as if it's wrong. Um, but that's not, that's not right. That's not true. Uh, it's just different. And the more that we, uh, the more that we choose to look at the way someone else did something and automatically think it's wrong because it's not our way, it's the more we actually stop ourselves from growing and learning from, um, from their unique experience. Um, and so I've learned that it's important to make room for the different ways, the different methods, the different uh, solutions, because there's been a lot of things that I've learned from my wife that are different than how I've always done things with that work. Mm. Uh, and that when we both lay the ways that we have done things down and say, this is how you've done it, this is how I've done it. Wow, in this situation, actually, I like the way you've done it better than mine. Okay. And so there's been a lot of those moments where I've been able to do that. And uh, it makes both of us better because we're able to be, be honest and say, wow, I actually like how you did it or how you've been exposed to it. And, and we can grow and adapt that from each other. And uh, so that's, that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned. And then a tip that I would give um, to, to anyone listening um, would be to not be afraid to be stretched by God because everyone says yes to him, but then when he tells them what they're saying yes to, mm -hmm. they often try to pull back on their commitment. And so uh, I just want to say, when you sign up to be stretched by the Lord, uh, forget your ideal picture of what that may look like and and press into what he wants to do with your life because he knows best and he, he doesn't make any mistakes. Wow. I was just blessed. That was good. <laughs> that was the whole word. Thank mm. you. Mm. Yes. Um, so marriage taught me a lot of things as well, of course. And I think that's actually one of the lessons is, is you're always learning, not just about, you know, your spouse, but yourself. There are a lot of things that I didn't know about myself, mm. good, bad, and ugly, <laughs> until I got married, right? And I think that's such a beautiful thing because we, I think in a lot of marriage books that we've read, they've always referenced your spouse as like a mirror. Because mm. if you think about it, this is the person that, you're with pretty much 24-7, especially during COVID, right? Right. And mm -hmm. um, they just see everything about you. And so it's the proximity, right? That And, and I think, and then it's vice versa. Like, I see everything about my husband, his the beautiful things about his character, the flaws, because we all have them. But the, but the amazing opportunity, deep opportunity that marriage gives is um, – helping your spouse to be more like Christ, right? Mm -hmm. And so challenging them. Like, don't be afraid to challenge your spouse. Like, I'm, uh, this is like a um, a funny example, mm -hmm. but Stella's that, and talk about stretching, right? Literally stretching. So I didn't work out as much as Stella's does. And so the, a physical, physical workout is so important to him. And I've adopted that lifestyle as well. So if you do go to the, try to go to the gym three times a week, um, and he's like, there are times when I feel like I can't do 
like 20 push-ups and he's like I know you could do it you got it in you right <laughs> and so it's like just having kind of like your personal cheerleader mm. um in life not just with the working out but just like there are times when, when I wanted to give up on someone tell there are times when I um felt weak in my faith especially during this season right where where Celis was sharpening me and reminding me of God's truth and promises. And so remembering that marriage is not about happiness, that could be a byproduct, but it's about holiness. It's actually making you more like Christ. And so that's, that's it. That's the tip. That's the message. <laughs> wow. Yeesh. Okay. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, the last thing before we go to the art to our fun topic is um, <clears throat> ooh, singleness. Well, y'all remember what singleness was like. <laughs> um, singleness, especially in you know, the, especially in the church, very seldom talked about. A lot of times, you hear the. Uh, I mentioned this before. A lot of times you hear that the the women are always taught, hey, save yourself for marriage, get ready to be a wife, et cetera, et cetera. When the, when the boys get together, it's just, you know, pats on the back and good look, bruh, you know, as if we don't have to do to put in any work to prepare to be uh, husbands. So uh, is there anything you want to say to the the single men, the single women listening about uh, navigating singleness and prep for marriage. Is there anything you want to say to those who are uh, like myself in this season of dating during, especially during the holidays, but just in this season of dating period and being, you know, in relationship with someone else, especially Especially a God fearing. There's just something about a God fearing relationship that is just lit. I'm in one, but you know, from yes, I'm in one. But just overall, it's so much better to be in a God fearing relationship than just being in a regular smegular relationship with no Jesus. But I'm gonna let you all handle that one. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I mean, absolutely. What you're saying, it's it's. It makes more sense. I think with with something as uh, something as intimate as relationship, right? You're in it because obviously you're going to give your best effort to make it work. And so, why would you put yourself in something that you're going to give your best effort to mm. um, that isn't a safe place to give your best effort to? Mm -hmm. So I think mm -hmm. uh, that means that you're going to have to prepare because we prepare to get a license and drive we prepare to be the best person on the job by going through training but then mm -hmm. we think that we're going to something that's going to last a lifetime mm -hmm. and not train mm -hmm. and so i think absolutely i think men and women need to be more serious and realistic with themselves mm -hmm. and know that um a lot of relationships fail because people think that they're just going to figure it out mm. instead of that they actually need to plan mm -hmm. for it. You need to plan for how you're going to 
you know, if you're a selfish person, don't think that that relationship is going to cure your selfishness. No, it's just mm -hmm. going to show you how selfish you are. And so you need to prepare to learn how to be a giver. So all these things are things that you can save yourself a lot of pain if you prepare for it. So absolutely, I think. I think it's foolish to think that you don't need preparation for for a relationship for men and women. Mm. Mm. Wow, that's so good. Um, I want to keep it plain because mm -hmm. Go ahead. I, preparation is definitely important. Um, however, just like this, they, whenever I talk to parents or my friends who are parents, they say, you know, this baby don't come with instruction, you know, a manual or um, instructions. And so we try to prepare as being a wife or a husband or a parent, whomever, we could try our best to prepare, but you will not, you won't always be fully prepared. And so to remember to be flexible and also what are you preparing for? So mm. my thing is whether you're preparing for a relationship, a marriage, being a parent, I think you should really be preparing to be a faithful servant. Like mm. that's it. And, mm -hmm. In any role that you play, um your 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 goal is not i do but well done you know what i mean right so that's that's my advice for singleness singles wow that is wow not i do but well done mm. okay that that's a word all by itself we can end it right there but we're not going to. We've got one more part, and it's the fun part, actually, because Della, Denia and Sen and Celis, woo, I gotta read my notes right. Denia and Celis are both podcasters, so it is nice to have the podcast community come together for once uh, in a lifetime to actually talk. And yes, with COVID time being in effect. I am pretty sure that Dallas, Denia and Celis, I need to read my notes right. I am pretty sure that Denia and Celis have had lots of time to, you know, be on their podcast grind. So before we uh, say goodbye, go ahead and tell us a little bit of the story behind To Our Life, when that got started where we can find both of you on social media, where the listeners can follow you. Uh, and if you have any advice for those who are interested in starting up a podcast and specifically, you know, a, a marriage podcast, because they have the best, y'all, they have one of the best marriage podcasts on the planet. I listen to them as faithfully and consistently as I possibly wow can because the gems that they drop ooh, the gems that they drop oh it, if and this is a big if if i am led to marry my current girlfriend we will be listening to this podcast back <laughs> in the yeah oh it's so good to our life so yeah go ahead talk talk about it <laughs> man i appreciate that compliment hey that's a uh... That, that means a lot, man. We, we put a lot into it. Um, we, we've, we've, we've made up our mind that we're not going to make episodes just to say that we have a podcast, mm -hmm. but be thankful to when we feel like there's something very intentional that the Lord wants us to speak into. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of how we approach it. And it's a lot freer. 
okay. to go through it knowing that we're not going to sit here and say every month or every two weeks we have a schedule, yeah. but that we're going to be um, intentional to make sure that every episode that we do drop is from the heart, it's mm-hmm. honest, and it's right on time. And so that's kind of how we how we built it. We formed it off of seeing that there was a need because you've got all the all the older couples that have a lot of experience giving everyone great advice mm-hmm. but you don't have anyone young showing people that young people do it too and that it's possible mm-hmm. and so that's what we come and that's why um our podcast has been so successful because mm-hmm. there's a lot of young people who just want to know that it can be done because they never get a chance to see it and so we've been blessed to be able to do it that way um and we we've had a lot of time to work on it but there's been a lot of episodes that we just felt like weren't weren't time yet mm-hmm. so we're in the process of getting ready to drop some new things uh mm-hmm. coming soon so any tips that we get for anyone to start a podcast i would just say stick to your why figure out what you have to offer the world what you want to say to the world mm-hmm. and why um you're why would they listen to you instead of what's already out there mm-hmm. if you can answer those mm-hmm. questions it sounds like you're ready Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So tour life. Um, well, I want to talk about the name a little bit. So it's the number two hour life. And so it's kind of like a play, a playoff word. So it's like two hour life, right? Because it's our life, but also um, we pronounce it as tour life, tour life, uh, because life, like I, we see, we see our life as a tour, like me and my husband. Right. And so like it just like a tour is like there's different stops different levels different seasons so it's the same thing with marriage and so um that's like the story behind the name which we really love and we i feel like we're we are like like my husband said we're very intentional with our topics our first topic that was dropped was very uh we would say like controversial Mm -hmm. um it was believing and cleaving so Mm -hmm. understanding you know, when you get married, it's not really two families coming together. It's you're forming one new family, mm. right? So me and my husband now are our own family. Not saying that mm-hmm. obviously we don't have love for our, you know, the Resmaderos and the Hamiltons, mm-hmm. but we're forming our own family. And so understanding how it's important to build your own rhythms and um, hey, not and being okay with with not agreeing with advice that your family gives you, like that's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you have the Holy, you know, we have the Holy Spirit too, and we're being led. And so, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much like what we go for. We, I feel like we speak about topics that, that aren't really talked about in the church often. Um, and some of the exciting things that we did over COVID with our ministry, with our podcast, with actually going live on IG with another couple friend. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Stevens. And so um, that was kind of like a fun a new fun endeavor for tour life but mm-hmm. yes be on the lookout you can find us on all platforms including spotify apple music and it's tour tour life or to our life you can follow us on social media specifically on instagram it's at to our life underscore mm. and um of course y'all have uh platforms they can follow you on too so i'm going to try to link yeah. everything in the show notes yes uh so you can follow me personally at denya.hamilton on instagram 
And you can follow me at Sellers Hamilton on Instagram. Sweet. I will link all of their Instagrams in the show notes and y'all can check them out at your latest uh, timeline. But thank both of you so much for just taking up these uh, this hour uh, of time to just be here on the show. I really, really appreciate you guys coming on tonight and spending some time together. Thank you for having us, Nate. We really appreciate it. Appreciate you having us, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a problem. So, everyone, that's it for uh, wow, that's it for episode ten, y'all. I will be back next week for episode eleven. Continue to follow the podcast on Twitter at Life Tips Podcast. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Auth underscore Jen underscore Person. You can listen to past episodes and seasons online at anchor.fm backslash life tips leave your reviews and ratings on apple google spotify and other channels are available for you to listen i will see you guys again in episode 11 next monday and uh we are out (laughs)